the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, good afternoon and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program where we try to ask and we try to find answers to the questions you care the most about, questions about God and the historical Jesus, questions about the Bible, questions about worldviews and world religions. We talk about the past, which is history. We talk about the future, which in part is prophecy. But we also talk about what's happening today. And from time to time, I have authors, artists, guests on. Joining me is Deborah Flora. She is a candidate for the United States Senate, and she's been a frequent guest on this program. Deborah Flora, welcome to the program. Thank you, Gino. It's so great to be here. So great to talk to your wonderful listeners again. I've always enjoyed it when we had those conversations back in the day when I was the director of public policy on the station. So great to be here in this role. Well, it's great, great to have you on. And uh, of course, it seems to me that running for the United States Senate is not for the faint of heart. So I'm going to ask you that first and most pressing question. What cause Deborah Flora to say, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm throwing my cowboy hat in the ring. <laughs> that is a great question. And it's really the most important because it's what we need to ask about anyone who is stepping into the arena. Why are they doing what's the motive? Right. Well, you know, Gino, you and I've talked over the years and, and uh, just real brief background that brings me to this point is I'm also the founder of Parents United America. Mm-hmm. And I started that a few years ago when they pushed comprehensive sex ed through on the last day of the legislature, despite what we, you know, hundreds of parents showing up and testifying against it. Then I introduced, you know, sex ed transparency legislation. I've been involved in all kinds of aspects of this movement. And, you know, one of the things that I have seen is how government has entered into every area of our lives, whether it's telling us how we have to raise our children, how they get to, whether it's you know, taking more money from hardworking Coloradans and rising inflation, making it hard to even get by, shutting down our businesses, shutting down our places of work. And it finally came together. People had been talking to me about running for a while. And when I finally, you know, really sat down with my family, my husband, our kids who are 16 and 18, we decided it was definitely the step to take because ultimately this is a question I asked, you know, you know, can I look at my children in the face without saying to them, I did everything I could in this day to help preserve for them the freedom that we had taken for granted for too long. I don't think we take it for granted now, but if we don't all stand together now in 2022, stop the one-party rule in D.C., take back the Senate, then honestly, we might not be able to say that to our children. And I really believe that we have an incredible opportunity. And, you know, I love this country. It's You know, America is that once in a human history idea of governance that says every individual has intrinsic value. Our rights are given by the God that made us. 
and we have the right to self-governance. And if we don't stand up for it, we're responsible for it slipping away. So that's what led me to this point. And um, you know what? I'm energized by getting to do that and stand up and see all the support that's rising up around our campaign. Now, at your website, debflora.com, debraflora.com, <laughs> um, you say, you know, what a great campaign slogan, together we will bring Colorado common sense back to Washington. Yeah. One of the at the top of your list of issues is limited government. And mm-hmm. at that top, you know, it talks about the constitution gives limited authority to the government to keep the control of our lives in our own hands. My obvious perhaps the most important issue in my world anyway, and I think in our listeners world in part mm-hmm. is your views about religious freedom and rights of conscience. You and I have had Mm -hmm. conversations in the past, but as a United States Senate candidate, what are, first of all, tell me what you think religious freedom means and rights of conscience, and what are your views on how you will protect um, those rights, not just for Christians, but for all of your constituents and all of Americans. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Gino, this is this is huge. I know we all experienced that where our churches were shut down and we were being told that, you know, abortion clinics and tattoo parlors and marijuana shops were essential and churches weren't. You know, that goes against the very nature of human beings. And like you said, whether someone's a Christian as you and I are or whether they have some other form of worship, Our First Amendment is very clear why it's the first. It is the right to assemble, the right to the free exercise of religion, freedom of speech. These all were so uh, challenged during the COVID shutdown, and we've never done anything like that before. And a lot of people, like I, I hear people talk about, oh, the separation of church and state. First of all, it's not in the Constitution. That was a letter from Thomas Jefferson to a group of pastors assuring them that the government would never stop or interfere with their right to worship. And so that is the reality. So where this has happened, government has already way overstepped its boundaries. It is essential to human beings. You know, we're not meant to live in isolation. We're not meant to not come together um, in worship, you know, is hugely important. When you think about the first people to come to this continent, it was for religious freedom. That was baked into our founders' understanding of why this was so important. I mean, it, it was the first document of governance to talk about how our rights are from God, not from the government. Therefore, the government can't take them away. So one of the things that I absolutely am committed to, Gino, um, as God willing and voter willing, the next senator from this great state of Colorado, is to go to Washington and make sure that this overriding of our most fundamental rights never happens again. Part of that is making sure that we have Supreme Court justices who understand the Constitution and adhere to that, not you know, the latest, uh, you know, opinion on it, what they would call a living document. Sure. Another it's, thing. Go, go ahead, go well, ahead, yes. what I was going to say is the Supreme Court, just on this issue, has said that the federal government can limit religious freedom if the government has a compelling interest. Now, yes. again, do you think that the government has a compelling interest when when certain government officials accuse people like me, perhaps I won't speak for you, but people like me, that the that the allegation is that religious freedom um, isn't 
um, freedom to do whatever you want to under the cover of religion, we've been accused of discrimination. We've been accused of all kinds of things. Um, and here's, you know, that common allegation like our friend Jack Phillips, photographers, bakers being forced mm-hmm to provide services for same-sex weddings and celebrations that violate their religious uh, beliefs. But if we even flip the question and we ask, should a lesbian graphic designer or printer be forced to create a flyer for a religious group's rally to oppose same-sex marriage? I would agree with the Supreme Court and say in both cases, the answer is no, no, in in the sense of we can't compel other people to go against their deeply held re- religious beliefs. I guess what I'm asking you is what, how will you advocate that situation? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the, the most important thing. The only role of government, the very only role of government is to protect the individual rights of its citizens. That's it. And in a complex society where people have different views, as you said, you know, I would never I would never want to see, let's say, a gay T-shirt maker being forced to make T-shirts for a group that is for traditional marriage. That's they shouldn't have to do that no more than Jack Phillips should have to be making a cake or any or a photographer against their views, whatever those views are. The reality is it's a straw man argument that people from a side want to suppress religion have been using because they make it as though there is a monopoly. The reality is someone can go to another cake shop, someone can go to another photographer, but the minute that we or a government thinks they can force anyone to violate their most dearly held beliefs, hold, hold on, is a gross overreach. My guest is Deborah Flora. She's running for the United States Senate. We'll be right back with just a little bit more of Deborah Flora. Hey, my guest is Deborah Flora. She is running for the United States Senate. And you can find out more about Deborah Flora and at uh, DebraFlora.com, DebraFlora.com. And Deborah, uh, you know, I, I so I thank God for our friendship and our relationship mm-hmm. over the years. And, and, and for your answer, because obviously, as, as you know, my I have a deep, concern about advocating for religious freedom. It just seems odd to me, and and it has always seemed odd to me, that we have to stand up for religious freedom when the United States Constitution guarantees freedom Mm -hmm. of religion. And Deborah, I guess that's part of the challenge that I would ask you as a United States senator. And, you know, in in the issues category, you talked about um, your commitment, not only to limited government, but to constitutional, to a constitutional republic, yes. that when you take the oath of office, you raise your hand and swear to uphold the Constitution, mm-hmm. that that includes resisting socialism in oh, all yeah. of its forms. Can you talk a little bit about your views on the integrity of the Constitution and the reality that most, I'm going to suggest to you, most Coloradans don't want socialism. I agree. I agree. And that's what we talked about, the common ground of common sense. I believe the vast majority of our fellow citizens want the same things and also don't want the same things. And socialism is one of them when they understand what it really means. And you know, it was one of the most formative times in my life. And one of the reasons why I'm talking to you now as a candidate for Senate 
is when I was Miss Colorado and second round to Miss America, I went to the Soviet Union with Youth for Christ International, mm-hmm. and we landed the day the coup happened. And as I tell people, growing up on Lowry Air Force Base in Aurora, my dad was a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. You know, I didn't know freedom until I saw the lack of freedom. And I saw people afraid to look up, afraid to speak up, afraid of their children who are being indoctrinated against them by the state, a little too close to home now. And it was in that moment I thought, wow, I get it now. And we are so blessed to live in this country that's based on individual value, individual worth. Socialism and communism, at its heart, it's collectivism. And it's really collectivism of the masses that have no intrinsic value. They're all cogs to serve an elite few at the top, which represents the state. That is antithetical to everything that our Constitution is about. And our Constitution is based on a Judeo-Christian worldview. I mean, it is, it is you know, we know that our, our founding fathers heard so much of this from the pulpits. And, and those principles are for everyone, whether they're Christians or not. But the reality is there's a reason why it talks about, you know, our rights given by our creator. Because that is the only time that you see that every individual has value. Every individual has the right to self-determination, self-governance, to choose their own leadership, to live as freely as possible. And all that government is supposed to do basically is protect the citizens and their safety, make sure the infrastructure is going so they can do their business, and the rest of it mainly get the heck out of their lives. That's actually what is beautiful about America versus socialism that I saw in the Soviet Union, and unfortunately, it's encroaching very heavily into our country today. I mean, that's the root of CRT and wokeness. Yeah, critical race theory, yes. All all of that. Even, you know, one police officer does something wrong, they're all bad. That is collectivism. That's not what America is founded on. You know, we, we bear the consequences of our own actions, and we reap the rewards of our hard work. It's individual. And understanding that the government cannot take our rights from us. We've let them, I believe, and now it's time to push back and say, I'm sorry, you actually didn't have permission to take those rights because they weren't yours to take in the first place. Now, speaking of the former Soviet Union, obviously it's in the news. Everybody's talking about Russia. Everybody's talking Mm -hmm. about the troop buildup around Crimea. I understand this issue both historically and it is quite complex. Um, and, and I understand part of the challenges that you have as a candidate that whatever you say, f- some people are going to characterize it as superficial or disconnected. But tell me your thoughts on what you see going on um, in that part of the world and the government's response. If you were a United States senator and Russia did in fact invade Ukraine – what advice would you give to your colleagues and to the president of the United States on America's role? What what role would we play? T- tell me your thoughts on what's going on and and what you, how you would respond. Absolutely. Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to recognize that what's happening in the, in Ukraine right now is all because of the debacle that was the Afghanistan pullout. The way that was mishandled, the way we left hundreds of Americans behind, 13 soldiers being killed because we trusted a, a group of people that were actually terrorists and gave them the security detail around those soldiers. And we gave away $85 billion worth of equipment when we could have just driven it to Uzbekistan in 20 minutes. That debacle 
is what led to a perception by Russia and China that we are now incredibly weak. We won't stand up for our allies. And what happened right after that, Gino? Mm -hmm. China started being aggressive towards Taiwan and Putin started moving towards Ukraine. So first of all, we have to have a clear uh, review of what occurred. The Senate has the ability to have hearings. I wanna make sure there's a hearing on what happened in Afghanistan. As I mentioned, my father, served in Vietnam. He passed away, was buried with um, honors at Fort Logan Cemetery, and I'm glad he wasn't alive to see what happened. Mm. So we need to have an examination of that so that never, ever happens again. And then there are so many things at our disposal. For instance, why Putin is being aggressive is partly also because of an oil situation. We have the ability to use our power on the world stage. For instance, Iran was beginning to crumble from within when we had sanctions against them. Then under the Obama administration, that was lifted, and, and Biden is continuing to encourage them, and now they're flourishing again. Second, we have a president and, you know, of Senator Michael Bennett, who are shutting down our own oil production while telling Putin and Russia it's okay to do the Nord Stream 2. They are a fragile economy, Russia actually is. If we just began to push sanctions on them and say, I'm sorry, we're not going to actually support that. We're going to encourage Germany not to be buying all of the oil um, that they are from Russia, who's Germany being in NATO should be more on our side on this. We could stop them very quickly. We do need to support the Ukraine, and my hope would be that it would be with, you know, military weapons and arms, not with troops, because we don't necessarily have to go to that point. But we have to look at why we're here. You know, when I was in the Soviet Union and I talked to the Russian people in Moscow, they said it fell from within because they looked in the eyes of a president, Ronald Reagan at the time, and knew that America meant what it said and had the conviction to follow up. Right now, our perception abroad is exactly the opposite. So we need to really hold some accountability for what happened in Afghanistan. And then we have to look at all of our options to stop what is going on right now. Well, I know we only have a few minutes and there was a couple of other things I wanted to ask you about. I know I'll you... make them shorter answers. Okay. Um, <laughs> Obviously, as we shift, it actually is in relationship to what you just said. As Colorado's have been a big oil and gas producing state, mm -hmm. does United States Senate candidate Deb Flora, what is her position on energy dependence versus energy independence? Yeah, we were energy independent. That's that's the shocking thing. And you know, you know, it's not just for the fact that since. We become dependent again with the, the current president shutting down, you know, drilling leases and all of that. First of all, that's devastating families around Colorado, tens of thousands of jobs that are lost. I was just up in Weld County and Mesa County. Things are happening there as well. So that's the first thing. Second, when we're no longer energy independent, we are now actually paying those who wish us ill to, you know, to give us oil when we could be exporting it instead. You know, President Biden shut down our drilling and then started begging the Middle East to give us more. That puts us in such a weak position. So it's important for hardworking Coloradans. You know, energy prices are shooting through the roof. We've got people right now who are wondering, can I heat my home, put gas in my tank, and put protein on my children's plates? And for too many, the answer is no. So energy is huge in many yeah. countries. Well, I thank you so much. I know. Thank you for your precious time. Go to DebraFlora.com if you want to know more. DebraFlora.com. <laughs> Click on the issue banner because that's what you're going to want to know. Thanks so much, Deborah.
Thank you, Gino. God bless you. And thank you, everyone who's listening. Thanks. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number to call is 303-873-1935. It's come to my attention that one of our uh, uh, individuals who broadcasts here on our, our program at, at uh, KRKS, that there is a biblical citizenship training that's going to be taking place at Brave Church. Um, if you go to Brave Church online <coughs> and go to their website about biblical citizenship training. Um, it, it It's basically a step-by-step overview. It's completely nonpartisan, but it, it talks about how you can become um, an ele- a Colorado election caucus delegate or election judge. And Kathleen Chandler with the Independence Institute, it's a nonpartisan um, program. Kathleen Chandler with the Independence Institute's local government project is going to help simplify the process from precincts to polls and and walk the individuals through on how to proactively become involved. And so if you are asking and, and answering the question, hey, how can I get involved? Um, again, there's information at the bravechurch.online, bravechurch.online or type in biblical citizenship training, and um, I think that that's going to offer you some great, great resources. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program with your question about the Bible, with your question about historical Jesus, um, with your question about discernment. And even with your questions about the role of government in relationship to the church, or again, what about freedom? What about um, free speech and freedom? Is it okay for a Christian to want to live in circumstances that provide freedom? And again, we understand that the vast majority of our brothers and sisters all around the world do not live in circumstances uh, of freedom. And, you know, again, when we talked with uh, Deb Flora, who's running for United States Senate, and she talked about the role of government, you know, to create a safe space and to protect citizens. And I don't disagree with that. Um, My view of government is that, according to the Bible, government exists to promote righteousness and to prevent wickedness. And so the Bible uses a number of different words to describe governmental authorities. And again, you know, when you, when you read in the Bible and you see terms like master, ruler, government, or whatever established authority, the instruction is always the same, obey. Now, again, people might say, does that mean obey when they ask you to do something illegal or immoral or criminal? And of course, the answer is no. In other words, does the Bible have a prohibition or a restriction? Is there such a thing as a lawful established authority? I think that the answer is yes. If a lawful established authority asks you to sin, do you, can you be compelled to obey? And I think that the answer is no. 
In the book of Romans, Paul said, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. But there's no authority except that God, that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. The Apostle Peter said, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority. Um, he said, that's instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. Both Peter and Paul remind slaves to repeatedly be obedient to their masters for the same reason. Now, obviously that doesn't, that doesn't sit well with our friends who embrace a post-truth culture. Um, because in their world, you have oppressors and you have oppressed, and you rise up against the oppressor. But the instructions to government masters is just as clear and as numerous. Jesus modeled the behavior and attitude every leader or authority should take. Jesus called them together and said to his disciples, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That's from Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 through 28. So a government or authority exists in part, at least under ideal circumstances, to serve those who are governed. And obviously, in our constitutional republic, you're, we get to vote for people. They might say, I'll fight for you. I'll be your servant. But then they serve themselves. And so, again... This isn't a program that endorses candidates, but it is a program that endorses you to think carefully and biblically when you cast your vote. 303-873-1935, that's the number. If you want to join me on the program, let's see if we have time to take a call. Kevin, welcome to the program. I learned this from the Jehovah Witnesses when I was with them. The Bible says to not uh, get yourself, no man that worth wars uh, gets himself in the affairs of this life. Where is the, 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 the line drawn, Gino? Politics? That's a, it says yeah. not to get, not to yeah. get uh, you know, no, 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 entangled no. with it. No, no, no. When we ask and we answer the question, we, we have... Um, we we have a different constitutional government. In other words, in our government, we are the politics. We the people, and and uh -huh. so, in my worldview, you know what what is the role? Just like you said, where do we draw the line? And I'm going right. to suggest to you that one of the the things that 
we have this great opportunity in our country. It's not an opportunity in North Korea or China or Venezuela, mm-hmm. but in our country, we have the ability to influence outcomes. Now, again, okay. you're exactly right. If we have to choose between the gospel and a, a life of political support. I mean, again, there's no direct reference to the Bible to Christians running for political office. But we see Joseph, for instance, participating in the political process. Daniel, reluctantly, as a slave, is involved in political processes. Um, we have people in the Bible who served in political capacities, but again, you know, remember David is both a religious leader and a political leader in the sense that he is the king. So for mm-hmm. me, the big idea is this great big idea. Can Christians be salt and light? And to me, salt and light includes influence. But to your point, is it an influence to ensure freedom or is it an influence to preach the gospel and accept the consequences for preaching the gospel. I don't think that the two are mutually exclusive. I think we can preach mm-hmm. the gospel, like you've heard me do on this program, but mm-hmm. also advocate for freedom. Okay. All right. I can buy that. That sounds good. <laughs> Seriously, it does. It does, really. It makes a little sense. It really does. Hey, yeah, Jesus okay. said his kingdom is not of this world. That's right. I That's actually right. believe him. Me too. Okay, Gino, thanks. This is Gino Geraci. Thanks for joining me. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. There's a whole lot more we could say about the Christian's relationship. And, um, you know, what I said earlier in John 18, where Jesus said, his kingdom is not of this world. The, The kingdom of Christ is not connected with earthly political systems or national governments, according to the Bible, the whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one and are in rebellion against God. So, again, um, does this mean we have a disconnect, that we we have no um, interest whatsoever? In my way of thinking, the Bible says, so far as it's possible, live at peace with all people. Well, guess what? For Christians, that sometimes might mean running for office. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Um, Jim, who do we have? Marlon, welcome to the program. Hi, Gino. How are you doing, brother? Good. Um, I um, had a... An, 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 well, I was working out this morning, and 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 I and this man and I ran into each other. We were working out together. We were giving pleasure to God and all that. How He wakes us up and all that. And he he told me that he praises God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the Virgin Mary. Uh-huh. And he goes, he said he goes to a to a Catholic church. I don't know what the name of it is, but he said he goes to a Catholic church. Um, is that the of giving praise to God? Well, again, when we ask and we answer the question about 
the Catholics' view of Mary, I think that right. they get it really wrong. I, I'm not here to suggest that that the Roman Catholic view of the Trinity is completely false, but I am going to suggest to you that their view of Jesus, I think, goes beyond what the Scripture says when it talks about Jesus being present in the Eucharist. But this issue of Mary, I think, is very, very problematic for many, many Catholics. And um, I've had many people call me on this subject because, again, in Roman Catholic tradition, um, they have sacraments and sometimes they pray what's called the rosary. And, uh-huh. in, and in the rosary, they pray this prayer. I happen to know this because I was born, raised, educated Catholic. And uh-huh. in their in in that view, they, they pray this prayer. They say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Now, when they pray that prayer, there's this expectation that Mary's listening. But how is okay. that how is that possible? If, if if there are a billion Catholics on the planet Earth, and and let's say 400 million are observant Catholics or what we might call uh, Catholics who what we what we might use the term observant Catholics if they're praying that prayer mm-hmm. if 400 million people are praying that prayer does Mary have the ability to hear understand each individual prayer and then have the ability to respond absolutely not that would be correct in order for her to hear each individual prayer and be able to respond, she would have to be something more than human. Now, so my view is to ask our Catholic friends, what does the Bible say about Mary? Because, again, we don't have any qualms about what the Bible literally says about Mary, the mother of Jesus. In, mm-hmm. Luke, in Luke chapter 1, verse 28, it says, when the angel appeared to Mary, he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. So that term, highly favored, comes right. from a single Greek word, which essentially means much grace. So, so the idea, just like in the Old Testament, there's this incredible passage of Scripture that says that Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Now, when Mm -hmm. a person finds grace in the eyes of God, that must mean that that person needed grace. In other words, my understanding, which is different from the Catholic view, is that Mary was a sinner in need of a Savior. And so in in Luke chapter 1, verse 47, Mary even responds that way. She says, and my spirit rejoices in God— my Savior. So, so at that point, the Virgin Mary, by God's grace, recognizes that she needed a Savior. So the Bible never says um, that Mary was anything other than an ordinary human being who God uses in an extraordinary way. And so, again, I think that that, unfortunately, you know, this is something that's been debated for since the before the time of the reformation um, right that that it's inappropriate 
to pray to Mary. Okay. So if I, if I exercise and I run into this guy again, do I say hi to him or just avoid him? If he says, oh, hi I don't to think me, it's, I don't think it's necessary to avoid him. I think, I think again, um, you know, when you have that kind of conversation, you know, that you, you just act, not, not in a way to be rude or mean or combative, because obviously when, when you were talking about those things about, you know, praising God and praying to God, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit, it sounded like he was interested in, in talking about quote unquote, his faith. And so what I would do is I would say, you know, um, it's interesting what you told me. Um, could you tell me a little bit more? And, and then hopefully he'll reciprocate and he'll say, tell me what, what you think, or do you have any beliefs about Jesus or about God or about heaven and hell? And so by all means, um, the Bible says, be prepared to give an answer for your faith to those who ask a defense of your faith. And so it's, it's not wrong to engage people and ask and answer questions, even though you might have disagreements about certain things. Right. Right. Okay. You, um, you answered my question, Gino. (laughs) Well, I hope it was fun. Yes, it, it was fun. It was, it was, it was very interesting, but it was, but true. Thank you, brother, for for talking to me, Gino. Hey, God bless you. 303-873-1935. That's the number um, if you want to join me on the program. 303-873-1935. Obviously, uh, Mary in in the New Testament representation of Mary Mary obviously is concerned about Jesus her whole life. She is with him at his birth. She is with him during the course of his ministry. She is with him at the moment of his death. She's present with Jesus at the cross. According to John chapter 19, verse 25, you remember it says she was standing by the cross of Jesus. And it says, were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. So when the angel had prophesied that sword that Simeon prophesied would pierce her soul, it makes perfect sense that a mother watching her son being slaughtered on the cross of Calvary was really agonizing. But remember, Jesus asks John to serve as Mary's son, and John took Mary into his home, according to John chapter 19, verse 26 and 27. And of course, Mary is present at the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. But after that, Mary isn't mentioned again in the New Testament. So the way that I would think about it does does the apostolic rep- record and the scriptural record um, talk about her? Of course. Mary's death isn't recorded in the Bible. Nothing is said about Mary ascending into heaven or having an exalted role there. And of course, I think Mary should be respected, but not worshipped. This is Gino Geraci. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.